0: Hey, welcome back to 4 for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. We got all three of us here today, all four of us here today. You know, uh, Drifter's over there letting us know he's here. And he's on camera today, guys. This is pretty impressive. He actually, believe it or not, he, he lives in a house and not a car. We're, we're all pretty <laughs> excited about that. And then, uh, hey, we also did want to give a little shout out to that ATF agent that has to uh, that has been assigned to listen to all our podcasts. Hi, fuck you.
1: The one in the white van across the street
2: right now, that guy.
0: Yeah, uh, it's Pinocchio's pizza delivery, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I wanna I wanna feel flattered, but he's only here for tragic. That's
3: true, and I ain't got nothing for him to be interested in, so.
0: Uh, except for that glorious fucking beard, well, and maybe, yeah. my, and maybe my Murder Town shirt. That shit's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> the look on tragic space is great. Just like, are you fucking <laughs> recording this. this? Is this is what's going to go on the episode? You're damn right. That's that's where we're at. Yep. Welcome to the fucking shit show, everybody. So hey, uh, Andar, what are we talking about today, man? Uh, bitches and booze, right? Yeah, I think the three Bs: bitches, booze, and blowcaine, right? So, so I want to. Talk a little- We're going to talk a little
2: bit about some of our posts Um, that seem to do well. And there was one, I was yesterday, the day before uh, the drifter and tragic had where they talk about just wanting to fucking ride uh, and, and balancing that with being in a club, which I thought was something maybe that a lot of people look at, Uh, whether you're trying to get into a club, thinking about hanging around a club, whether you're a part of a club and, and I think not, not necessarily burnout, but I think maybe sometimes fatigue is a very real thing if you're not, kind of balancing it, and I think it kind of, you know, like you said, it kind of correlates to those three Bs, you know, you want to you want to be out there biking, you want to have the good brotherhood, but you got to have balance too, or, or you're going to get out of whack, and this shit's going to be, it's already hard enough, don't make it any harder than it has to be.
3: Yeah, I, I've always wanted to just, you know, be able to just take off, and like you said, you can't, you know, if you're balancing, you, one, you can't do that because if you got a job and shit, and family and whatnot, but the club component definitely changes, uh, you know, how, where, when, why, you know, where you can go, uh, there's things to consider about it. So, yeah, man, it's, it's kind of a big topic, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of issues going in with that. Um, and, and it all depends on, on what kind of club you're in. I mean, Tragic deals with things that, that I can't even dream of. Uh, there's things that I have to deal with that Tragic would just steamroll right over. You know, say "fuck you." I do what I want. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it depends but on what kind of culture. He
0: just doing. does that anyway because he's eight. He well, hateful. he's just following no. his
1: beard.
3: That's why. I, that's why I don't touch some of the in the comment section. Like <laughs> sometimes guys will ask, like, some protocol, like how you do this, and I'm like, eh, I'm not the one because I'm just going to tell you, like, fucking, just go in there, and tell them what you. I'm doing it like this. Fuck you guys! Like, man, <laughs> that's gonna get you not not in a good situation because I always forget. Like, not everybody thinks like
0: me. So what you got to remember, tragic, is that when they ask a question like that, they want to know how would you want somebody to approach you like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like in that situation. Yeah, exactly, which is, oh, which is not how I would.
3: It's, it's not going, fuck this, I don't have to ask anything or let you know I'm coming through or fucking any of that.
0: Right, it's not wherever my feet is, insert your club here, country, fuck you. You know? <laughs> You're Watching me post my memes again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you know, I do have to say, whoever fucking your club has that takes photos, I I fucking appreciate them. Because they, made, they make they you so much more majestic than you actually are, which is shocking. Because you are <laughs> fucking majestic. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of good ones. You know, they, there's a uh,
3: guy, one guy, um, Kings Media on Instagram. He does a lot of uh, stuff uh, for for the club, and there's a lot of cool f- uh, photographs. There's a couple of different guys, um, but there's one guy I forget the name the, the name of his account. It's like L A.
1: What Uh, the fuck are you wearing, Ken? Sorry, Tragic. What the fuck are you wearing?
3: (laughs) I am. Where the fuck is that, shit? What happened? I missed it. God damn it. I think we were talking about... um, Oh, shit. We were talking about (laughs) going out for being able to ride in the... the, Oh, me responding in the inbox and and giving giving people bad advice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's never happened.
3: Yeah, I try to I try to be uh, conscientious of the fact, you know, who it is and whatnot. But, yeah, you know, it's it's a different thought process. You know, I I can't I I would be lying if I knew all the angles that, you know, Drifter goes through trying to set up, you know, doing club rides through different states and in different areas, Um, you know, and that's what that's actually like a, a big one. Maybe we can go over because we get that a lot from guys in the inbox. who are like, hey, man, I'm going this way. Um, what am I supposed to do? You know, kind of blindly.
1: Well, that goes first of all. You gotta you gotta get out there. You gotta you gotta meet all these people. You gotta know people. Um, and if you're not to that point yet, then you have to have somebody local that can kind of help you out. You know, go to the local uh, big club and say, "Hey, I'm riding three states over. Who do you think I should call just to make sure there's no issues?" Mm-hmm. You know. You And you got to do it like that. Eventually you'll have those names and you'll just make the phone calls and go, Hey, you know, we're coming by, man. We'd like to stop by, say hi, you know, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. I always trip out on one. The guys are kind of like, I don't know. For me, it's a little bit different. Like if a guy comes up and they're like, uh, Hey, you know, who's your, who's your sergeant? Can I get their phone number? I'm like, I don't know. Stop <laughs> <by."> <laughs> like, you know uh, uh. Nice to meet you. And like, walk away. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the, the quickest way to get me to not not engage you. Uh, you know, asking you know for for you know club ranks and you contact information. Best way for us, at least on my end, is I was looked at is if you provide your information, we'll get in contact with you. Well, that's just polite.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's just how you should do things. Like, that's not even club shit. Like, that's just grown man shit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, not everybody in different areas, you know, too, different cultures, different uh, different regions. You know, some some are more dialed into, to I guess you know, polite et, uh, etiquette, as you'd say it.
2: I like the ones where we have independence in the inbox, and they're like, "Who should I call?" I don't,
3: nobody. Like, you're I a, yeah, you're in the, if you don't have a patch on your back, do whatever the fuck you want. It's got to be awesome. In fact, yeah. it, like we were just talking about, like writing that. Sometimes you you know you miss that like being able to just fucking you know jump on your bike and go wherever and not have to worry about any political stuff, not have to check in with anybody, not have to to be concerned about you know any of the ramifications of what can be perceived on just a fucking simple ride. You know what I mean? It's it's those guys, man, dude, enjoy that. S- stick and with I,
2: it. And <laughs> I think the minute, some people forget that that the minute you put any patch in your bike, I don't give a fuck. What it is, whether you are a large dominant club, a support club, a small mom and pop club, the minute you put that patch on your back and are going to travel outside of your area with it, you are subject to just a whole different, not only playing field, but way you have to conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't even matter if you're not if you think you're just a small mom and pop shop that nobody's going to give a shit about you you don't have you think you don't have any enemies you don't have to worry about political this or political that maybe, maybe so that might be great but if you're out there dicking around at gas stations fucking up bars acting like an idiot driving for shit running your mouth whatever that is still gonna this community is not that big and that's gonna get back to wherever you're from or you're gonna get checked on the spot i mean so it's. It doesn't matter. You say, like, well, Tragic's got different things than I do because he's a large 1%. Cl-. Very true. However, there are still things that are very much applicable to to your mom and pop club or, or your RC or
3: association or whatever. Yeah, if you have a patch on your back, you represent an organization, no longer just yourself. So <laughs> if that's just a little, you know, you decided to go knock out, you know, a thousand mile ride because you wanted to get out for the weekend, you know, or whatever, Um, that's cool, you know, even if it's just yourself, but you no longer just represent yourself if you're flying with your colors.
1: So I'll tell you a quick story. We were, my club, we were uh, blowing through West Virginia, and uh, we had made all the phone calls, and we stopped off, man, it was probably 9, 10 o'clock at night, stopped off at a gas station in the middle of nowhere, and we were there less than 15 minutes, and then boom. All the big boys come down and just to say hi. But the fact that they knew we were rolling through just from a phone call, that tells you that, you know, if you're a mom and pop club and you think you're just going to fly right through, you're not. Somebody's going to see it. Somebody's going to say something. And think how much better it would have been had you made the phone call, made you look like you know what you're doing.
0: You know, especially in a lot of the small towns too that I think are the best to stop off in. You know when they have a large 1% club presence there, you know, they're typically in good with those guys, you know, like the bar keys, the gas station attendants and stuff like that. They usually have friends that are yeah. in that club. So when they see when they see somebody they don't recognize, you know, they're quick to pick up the phone and be like, "Hey Billy, I, you know, there's somebody here. This is what his patch looks like. This is what he's riding. This is where he's coming from. This is where he was heading." You know, I just wanted to give you a heads up. And I'd say probably eight times out of 10, they'll catch up to you. you well, know. these guys just
1: wanted to come say hi to us because they knew we were coming through. Well, but
0: exactly. And the you, fact, I, they knew we, we were there. there. Like saying you made the phone calls, right? But, yeah. you know, I'm just saying yeah, know, the it fun could go the wrong way if you don't.
2: The fun fact about how actually how Jim gets information is he ends up just like rescuing everybody on the side of the road. Like, (laughs) like yeah, someone's injured. Jim comes along, rescues them, and boom, he's got a new contact.
3: Right? Kind of is, yeah.
1: Yeah, Punk
3: Punk Rock's not too far off, though. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I get a text message from friends, family, supporters, hangarounds. Even distant people, like, it'll sometimes be, like, two, three degrees away, like, a supporter's friend's cousin's brother, you know, somebody, and they see a bike patch, uh, you know, a, a club, and they take a picture of them on the freeway or, you know, locally or whatever, and that just gets, like, through, like, a rapid transit, like, you know, text to us. Um, Wait, does that
2: get annoying? Does that get annoying?
3: Oh, yeah. Sometimes you're like, yeah, man, <laughs> I, that's that's such and such. I don't give two shits about them. But for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but people just, like, really want to, like, even who aren't involved in the scene, like, like I don't know what it is. Like, there's a bunch of snitches out there, like, ready to, <laughs> to, yeah. to give up information. They're just, like, they want to see some drama unfold or what it is. But,
0: I'd dude, it's, sure.
3: it's, it's so quick. And, like, like I you know, I live close to um, a big biker destination, Nep- uh, uh, Neptune's Net on PCH. Um, which it, it almost any, everybody in California pretty much knows where that's at and, and what it is. Um, and it's got a lot of traffic there, and there's a lot of clubs there. And, like, dude, on days where, like, a, we're like a clubs that maybe not, you know, from around the area kind of come down to check that out, uh, you know, it's like three, four, five different texts of different people's colors, you know, coming
0: through, like, hey, do you guys know these? Hey, do you know this person? I'm surprised, I'm surprised we never met before because we would spend a lot of time up there. At least me and one of my brothers
3: would. Well, I mean, I don't go down to check out every fucking you know swinging dick that's going to a big popular destination.
0: Well, no, <laughs> but I know that I know I know that's kind of your spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you a lot of time there, so I'm surprised. I mean, probably. I mean, I've seen I've seen your guys there before, so
3: yeah, it's 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 a great spot, except for um, except for when they started trying to charge uh, bikers uh, uh, parking fees. Yeah, parking fees. Yeah, yeah, it
0: was like 15 bucks to park your fucking bikes. So fuck you, dude. <laughs>
3: Dude, they, yeah, they started trying to charge for a minute there, and basically everybody was like "fuck you" and like parked across the street and stopped going there, you know. And so then they stopped doing it. They, they tried to hustle for a second and got realized like I don't bite the hand that feeds. Yeah.
2: So, back to the topic.
0: Yeah, so we're we have a topic. Yeah, I thought so.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think you know, like tragic pointed out, like drifter pointed out, is you know sometimes it's not even just a, um, a, a territory or a politics thing. It's, you know, so many other commitments and and just in this podcast, people that comment and, and then in the inbox stuff like that, like, you know, you see guys that are balancing <clears throat> jobs, full-time professional careers. You see guys that have families, you know, they're balancing, you know, kids, multiple kids, they're multiple wives, <laughs> you know, what the fuck ever. I mean, that's stuff that you, you have to consider all of that because, you know, as you progress and in bikes as you you know do all this other stuff like if that shit's out of whack that's gonna that's gonna affect you um if you' if your house isn't in order that's gonna affect one you know one thing or
0: the other you know i th- I think that's one thing that we, i th- i think we talk a lot about you know making sure that your family's good, but we don't talk about like when you have multiple kids and you know like what you guys do I do is that you can't raise both kids the same. They both have their specific needs and stuff like that. But I don't think we really talk about being a father um, enough, you know, because just breezing over saying like, yeah, like take care of your family and all that shit, right? I think a lot of people go to, oh, well, I'll just make sure my my wife's happy and I pay the bills and then I'm good and she'll raise my kids, right? Well, you know, you got to fucking be there for your kids too, man. You got to – you can't just be a shit dad because then that just waters – Not waters down, but it it, it fucks up the culture in the future because now we have another person that has a negative view with motorcycle club culture because you couldn't raise your kids. You know what I'm saying?
2: And it really does take, you know, we equate it to like educational levels to to be if you're going to be in a large, legit 1% club, you know, that kind of equates like having your master's degree or needing it in balance um you know to, to to what you have to make sure that you're giving equal attention to or prioritizing correctly i mean that's just not easy and my hat's off to to those guys that do it successfully and i think you know that's part of if you're new to this life like punk rock said you know how much what are you giving to your kids um, what are you giving to your wife what are you giving to to other commits and as you progress you know maybe through different clubs maybe you start in an RC or or an association and progress up, you know, are you, before you leap, are you, are you making sure that you're in a place where you're in the right kind of headspace and timing um, for making that jump and knowing what's going to be required of you and what you can handle?
1: Uh, Like guys wanting to go straight to a 1% club. We've seen that and they have no idea what they're getting into the time commitment, just one part of it.
0: I, I applaud those guys. I mean, there's there's plenty of guys that do that. Like, oh, yep, I've been in this fucking legendary 1% club, and this is the only club I've been in. And it's like, dude, fucking, you're bad, dude. Like, you had no idea what the fuck you were getting into, and you just walked straight into this shit like, yep, this is fucking me. And it's like, you know what, man? Fucking good for you, dude. That's something that I couldn't have done. And I'm, I'm glad I've, I've had the path that I have because I don't. I think I want to. I don't. I don't even think I would have made it to to like an official hang around stage. And was like, wait a minute, hold oh, up, uh, time out. Yeah.
3: Well, don't if you, don't if you have a, yeah. If you have a righteous club, then then you know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? They don't just let you blindly, you know, fall into like, hey, by the way, here you go. And then fucking you get patched in, and you're like, oh, this is this <laughs> this is what this is because I spent a lot of time working to get here, and I didn't know any of this. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. You know, <laughs> You have a little bit of a clue of of, of what's expected of you. You know, you have uh, understandings mainly the time amount, the commitment, and the time. You know, that's a that's a huge factor. And so, anybody who's jumping into a club, especially you know one percent or you know a large club like that, you have to know that. And if and if you're not, you are deluding yourself. You know, and it's okay to, to go to us. It's not saying that you know big clubs are better or you know one percent clubs are better. They're just different. You know, from one one another. Um, there's a lot of guys who are in 99 clubs who fucking don't balance shit, and they just fucking balls all in, you know, to the to the club and don't balance their family lives, and, uh, and then they get burned out. Over that.
1: And then they burn out quick. Yeah, they lose their wife. They then the drugs, the the alcohol, they just burn out.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah just-, just in general, the motorcycle scene is not. It's you have to have a little bit of, of some sort of being able to govern your pace, um, okay. and if you, if you don't have the ability to do that at all, like it's gonna, no matter what kind of club you go into, you're gonna burn out.
2: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you say that again? I love that. That's fucking spot on. What you said about being able to, to be your own kind of you yeah, you you're
3: own- able to govern your own pace. If you can't do that, yeah. then you're gonna fucking you're gonna burn yourself out, no matter what. Whether it's one percent whether it's 99, you know, whether it's a fucking, even an RC. I mean, even if you're solo, think about if you're solo and you're just out riding all the time and you're going on weekend trips nonstop with, you know, just some pals or whatever riding along and you're ignoring all your other stuff. I mean, that's just, you have to govern yourself. You have to realize that there's more to it than just your your own self.
2: I'm sure that there are other things that, that, that have kind of that hedonistic kind of excess quality to it. Um, I just don't know what they are. I
1: hear the knitting world world is pretty rough.
2: (laughs) About (laughs) Being a motor, just being a guy that loves motorcycles. I mean, you can go so far off the deep end that, that, I mean, there's nobody there. The motorcycle is not going to fucking tell you to get off of it. The, not going to tell you to stop drinking it's not if you enjoy you know doing a little bit of drugs it's not going to tell you to stop if you love womanizing it's not going to tell you to stop if you'd rather skip work every day it's not going to fucking tell you to to get your ass to work like as as much excess as you might want to give in being on a motorcycle and traveling fucking a thousand miles on a whim and 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 forgetting about your kids and i'm not saying people do this i'm just like tragic said if you're not there to kind of self-regulate you can get as fucking wild as you want to get uh, oh, in this shit. And so I think guys that, that are able to pay the rent, you know, and, uh, have bread, take care of their kids if they have it. Or, you know, I've met guys that I completely respect that are like, you know what? I got rid of the wife. <laughs> yeah, I got a job that I can handle so I can do this. Like, I think whatever your balance, I'm not telling you one way or the other. It's just whatever your balance is for you. That's what you have to to be right with. And if that's like, dude, I'm gonna be a single dude and and fuck this family life and you know, I don't care about a 401k. I'm just this is where I'm at, great. Then 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 do that. I'm not judging that one way or the other, but you very much kind of have to know where your needle is or you're just gonna fucking ping it off the red all the time.
3: Yeah. You have to be able to like adjust too. Like, you know, I, I have a brother like that, you know, before he came into the club, he didn't have any kids, you know, what didn't wasn't married or anything like that. And got married and had two kids after, like, in the middle of, you know, being in the club. And, like, you know, it was, like, like that was an adjustment. Like, he went from being, like, a, you know, party animal and having a good time all the time to, like, now I've got it balances. I didn't have to do that before. And I'm already in a club, like, you know, and, and so how do you adjust your lifestyle? And you can do it. And he's, he's been able to do it. But that's a hell of an adjustment as well, too.
2: Jim. Chip, how, yeah. how do you do it you have you have. A, i mean we're, we don't have to get into details but you have a very very demanding high level job and you're in a, a multi-chapter motorcycle club uh, how, how do you do it so it has gotten
1: easier so i used to travel a lot overseas um for work right? is, yeah for work and, okay. and that was really really difficult because you know, I'd be gone for a few weeks, come home, and uh, you know, I wanna unwind, I wanna hop on a bike and go. But you can't do that because the family needs you. And uh it was a little rough there. Uh I don't travel nearly as much, so it's easier. But like you were saying, it's it's each individual has to find that that level. And and it's gonna change. Sometimes your family needs you more than your club. Sometimes you can give more to your club. You just you just have to be mature enough to to gauge what it is that day.
3: What about uh, you, Andar? I mean, as far as like, you know, I I know you do the club thing, but you also go off on like these like solo rides a lot. So you're 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 kind of balancing your your me time, your club life, and your family.
2: I just shit all over my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Ah! <laughs> Uh I don't know why my sex life has to always come up in these. Um, <laughs> I just wish it, my sex life was half as entertaining as it is in the podcast it's
0: it's, it's just getting a gang <laughs> of fun, man. yeah
2: um. No, I think you know. For me, it's different. I don't recommend my way to anybody. I have shit that's wrong in my head where I need to kind of uh, be on the road or be doing something that's probably detrimental to my to my family life. Um, and I recognize that, and so I do try to balance it as best as I can. I do, but I think for me, um, and maybe something that impedes my 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 club growth or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with the, with the club I'm in. I'm just saying if I was looking at at going further with it um, you know, is my inability. I think that I'm very, you have to be self-critical. If you can't self-analyze yourself, I think you're probably going to fail in this life. And and you have to be um, as hard on yourself as you are on anybody else. And for me, I'm not good at balance. Um, I will go completely fucking sideways on it. And I think sometimes that's why I take off on these two week trips or 10 days, um, or whatever, and then come home and, and spend some time with the family or have like, you know, Five days a week doing doing club stuff, even though I'm I'm in a in a smaller club and and things like that. So, you know, for me, it's just um, understanding that that there's things that I struggle with, and then how can I kind of make it work? Um, as far as as you know, doing the bike part of it with the club stuff, you know, I, I like like Drifter and, and Tragic have said, you know, I make sure that I'm making the right phone calls. Um, people know that I'm in a support club, so I have other people that I have to answer to, and I let that. Um, uh, kind of sometimes dictate what I'm doing. Um, there's been instances where I'm going somewhere, let's say to visit military friends, um, and everybody else has something else going on. So they say, okay, well to make it easier, just, just take soft colors. Okay. That's what I do. Um, and I think, you know, so, some guys want to get, you know, even if they're not in a support club, they're in an independent club. Um, and they're talking in and in maybe a larger club, a dominant club says, Hey, we don't really know you, whatever wear soft colors guys get an attitude about it. And and that's another, you know, you've got to kind of build your community, uh, let people get to know you, let people see that, that you're not doing things fucked up and, and they can earn that. But again, that's, you know, it's going to be different for, for everybody. My scenario is saying, okay, well I have to answer to, you know, a bigger club, um, in some things. So this is what I'm going to do. So it's just a lot of different balance. And like I said, I'm not that great at it. So I'm, I constantly have to be self-aware that, I'm probably fucking something
0: <laughs> up
2: somewhere, so that I can adjust for it later. <laughs> well, I
0: don't know. So I mean, whatever.
3: Oh, go ahead, Drifter.
1: Whatever I wrote that that post, and and I think uh, me and Tragic kind of gave it the the one two punch about just hopping on your bike and leaving. Uh, so my my job sucks, dude. It it sucks right now. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of military moving parts. And COVID is really fucking me up. The uh, all over the world, the things I got to deal with, right? So anyway, I was just I was sick and tired of my job, and my bikes are sitting in the garage, and they're just calling my name. And so I just whipped that that uh, article out real quick, and it just it was an expression of how I felt at that time, which is I just want to hop on the fucking bike. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to hop on the bike and go see some shit. That's all I want to do but I couldn't because I had all these damn responsibilities and we're right back to balance.
3: Yeah. That's, that's not dissimilar from how I was feeling, which I thought it was funny. Cause I'd, I, you know, I, I read your post. I had my, my article that I had written um, the night before and I had to just sit in my, I have a, you know, I put in notes, you know, on my, my phone before I post it and I had to sit there and then I read yours and I was like, Oh my God, well we're on the same page apparently because that's exactly what I was thinking is that, You know, for me, you know, there was just a lot of stuff like this going on, you know, in the world, you know, there's all the riots and the protests and a lot of political stuff going on and there's COVID going on and there's just all these things, a lot of upheaval and instability in the world right now. And sometimes like, I don't really watch the news anymore because I used to get too into it, wanting to be too in the know, you know, um... And now, now it's just like everything that's going on and, and all your friends, you know, my friends, you know, talking about it and everything's got to be a fucking debate. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like I just wanted something simple. It's not that I don't think any of those issues are, aren't important, but sometimes you're just like, man, I don't fucking feel like having a, a heavy conversation about anything right now. Sometimes you just want to get on your bike and the only thing that you're listening to is the sound of your engine and the wind in your hair, you know what I mean? Amen. And, and I really love the idea of going – to places um, and just kind of just getting in touch and not without a destination. You know, like, I like the idea of camping. Um, you know, I like camping normally, but I haven't actually done any motorcycle camping, which is what I want to do uh, just because I haven't set up, haven't set up for it yet. I don't know. Just haven't gotten around to it, but you know, I was just thinking, man, this, that'd be such a great time. And then like you, you know, I was like, I'm bound by work. I'm bound by time, you know, family, um club constraints you know uh just like what what can you go and do and sometimes you know i think everybody's had that feeling of just wanting to get up and fucking leave you know and yep. i think it resonates more with us because our our hobby and passion uh and lifestyle are very much linked in our ability to do that and it's mobile yeah yeah so yeah i mean i was thinking like and i think we were talking about um just in our chat, we were talking about Sturgis and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I've never been up, you know, through the Dakotas. I've never been, you know, ridden out in that area. I've never been through uh, Montana, even though I've got family out there. I've never been through Idaho. My, my, <laughs> my biological brother lives there. I'm like, there's all these places I've never been in that area. Um, it would just be great to like one day, finally get my ass up and just go and fucking camp on the side of the road and ride around. And like you said, get lost, find little towns, do whatever, and just kind of start romanticizing it. Um, but like I said, you know, especially especially for me, you know, you, I don't ride without flying, um, and I'll fly wherever I don't give a fuck. But you know, there's there's things associated with that, so you know, you have to think about it.
2: So what? Um,
0: I'll give you so that, that opportunity message. later this year. Said <laughs> so we can give you that opportunity later this year, man. <laughs>
2: so I think that's a question too for for some guys that are in. Um, smaller clubs, mom and pop clubs, maybe you know non-support clubs, whatever, like, um, you know, are, to fly or, or does, uh, you know, what, what to, you know, some guys say I'm not going to be caught dead on my motorcycle um, without my patch and without my colors in those small mom and pop clubs and I can respect that. Uh, and there's other guys that, that say, you know, I could put it away um, for a weekend or whatever. So I didn't have to deal with the politics or I can go right here. I can see both sides to that argument. Um, and I think until you're in, until you've made up your own mind, um, or you're in those shoes, it's kind of hard for someone to judge what someone else is doing if it works for them and, and within the confines of, of their club. I know who I have to answer to um, within my own club, and, and and beyond that, and and if that's different than than somebody else, and like I said, in just a, a more mom and pop club, who am I to judge? Uh, you know, kind of what you're doing with that.
3: Yeah, it's a good way. It's it's really easy to do. You know, if you think about it, you just all you have to do is take that off and not wear that. You know, for the public to see while you're riding, um, and there's nothing wrong with, with that. Um, for, for you know, a lot of people do it a, a lot of times. A lot of guys in big one percent clubs do that um, to avoid that. You know, um, so there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's just, like you said, it's individual choice and preference. Um, you know, me personally, I don't know, maybe I got a chip on the shoulder or maybe I want to get into trouble. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just, I'm gonna, no, I just, I want to Now, not to say that I don't ride with them. I, I ride to and from work, mm-hmm. um, and, th- uh, things like that without, without my colors. Um, cause I can't, um, but for me otherwise, and I think because of that, because I have to hide it from work is why I'm like, well, fuck that any other time they're on, you know what I mean?
2: And I think that's part of the decision making, or at least the consideration process uh, when, when stepping up to a larger club. Um, If you're a guy in a mom and pop club or an RC or an association, and you can kind of take those, those headache free trips, you know, are you ready to maybe possibly give that up um, to, to join that larger club? And, you know, I think for more for guys on the outside looking in who are thinking about where is their place or where do they want to start maybe hanging out or focusing all their energy in the motorcycle world, you know, there's there's give and takes to everything. If somebody has less freedom, but you know, then you see, you know, the national runs and, and being out on the road with, you know, twenty brothers, hundred brothers, or having, you know, three or four brothers that you can get away with for a weekend and go somewhere great and, and stuff like that. There's there's trade-offs to all of it. Nothing is gonna be one hundred percent what you want every time. If you're looking for that, you're just, you're going to fucking, you're going to get pissed off. It doesn't exist. You'll never find it. No. So I'm pretty lucky. uh,
1: You know, we have good relationships. I I fly wherever I go. There's only one time when I got to a certain state line and it's because the the big club down there asked us specifically not to because there was a lot of nasty shit going on and they just didn't want anybody caught up in it. Um, It's not, had nothing to do with us. They just actually looking out for us. So that was that was the only time and I took it off at a state line and then when we got through I put it back on. Uh I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Don't fucking if you're on the interstate, don't pass Drifter without acknowledging him. He will fucking hunt you down. (laughs) Are you gonna
1: tell this story?
2: (laughs) I'm not gonna I'm just I'm just inferring that if you're if you see Drifter on the interstate or a side road. You better fucking tip your hat to him because he'll remember if you did. <laughs> so we were out riding, and
1: our uh, was was with my club, and we were you know, we we were out on the freeway, and uh, a couple of little. I'll be nice. Uh, a couple of young gentlemen from a uh, riding club. Um, you know, there's a certain way to pass a club. There's a certain way to pass a club that is founded in 19 fucking 37. you know (laughs) and been around a while there's a certain way to do it and these guys didn't they go ripping by the super loud exhaust being little douchebags weaving in and out of traffic and um i kind of lost it and made phone calls and we got our apology but (laughs) uh, (laughs) i kind of lost my cookies there a little bit
0: what was it were you on your Gilroy so you couldn't catch him is that what Actually it was?
1: I was on a Gilroy you can kiss my ass cuz that <laughs> it floats down the road
2: Hey so I've got a question a round table question um if you could go and we can start with whoever um if you could go one place no politics no drama no nothing you just pick one place to ride your motorcycle to uh, where where are you going to go check out and why
0: I would say from where I'm at right now in the south.
2: No, no, anywhere. Anywhere you fucking want. Anywhere. Well, else, no, no, no,
0: no. This is what I'm saying. Um, from where I'm at right now, I would like to go back to the deserts of, you know, to the to the western desert of Arizona. Um, You know, like you said, no politics because there's a lot of shit in the south that I would want to see. I mean, me personally right now, obviously, like I'm not in a club, so this shit doesn't fucking bother me anyway. But assuming, right? um. There's a ton of shit in like New Orleans that I would want to go see uh, and people to meet. Tell you, you know, yeah, man. And then you know, just just working my way back to where my heart's. At.
2: I'm not trying to be an asshole, but you know, New Orleans isn't in Arizona, right?
0: Yeah, that's why I said work my <laughs> way through, you fucking prick.
2: But it's a desert.
3: <laughs> I mean, are you talking about what route would you want to go, or just what what destination?
2: Uh, either route trip whatever you want to see on a bike no politics
0: oh so it's okay for tragic to fucking say okay this is the route i want to take but when i do it i get a bunch of shit fuck you Andar. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: did you see how see how what i did is i like, clarified what the question was asking
0: we I'll both know it's because you're big as shit that's why he, <laughs> he said that's cool <laughs> me having to get on the step stool to look this fat motherfucker in his face i think so, you said you also- were the same
3: night
2: also, tragic will be concise with you. It's going to take us forty minutes to get to the point. So you're
0: you're a cunt. <laughs> I would say for me,
3: one of the ones that I that I want to do right now, it's actually not it's not a hard one. Um, is that I'd like to do like a, su- a southwestern um, kind of loop? You know, from from my location, you know, down through Arizona, New Mexico, um, you know, up into Colorado, um, over through Utah you know, back through Nevada and back into California. I'd like to do like a, 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 you know, stops through there, you know, just spend like two weeks of just riding through the, through the Southwest, um, and stopping off at little, just random spots, you know.
1: If, I uh, if I had a choice, I would start on the Southern tip of Spain and follow the Mediterranean all the way down into Italy. Uh, for, for the idea. history, the, the scenery and the food. Oh God, the food. That would be an
2: awesome trip.
3: God damn it. Drifter won that one. I forgot about international writing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, way to get way more creative than the rest of us. Oh, (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh, hey, nice shirt there. (laughs) Punk Rock, nice shirt. Oh, oh,
3: shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Jesus.
1: I wish I could explain it to you, uh, gentle readers, our listeners. But um, if...
3: (laughs) And like, what about you, uh, Andar? where What's your uh, destination?
2: So I don't even know. Uh, yeah, right. if I, yeah, I guess for me, I like kind of like, for me, I, I was that a, a masochist or whatever. I kind of like being in that pain zone. So I've always wanted to do, what's that challenge where uh, the lower 48 and like a certain amount of days or something like that, Is it like a week or five days or 10 days or something like that where you hit all 48 states?
3: You can't
2: days, is it, Jesus? It's it's something. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I'm sure one of the listeners can clarify for us. But there's some sort of uh, challenge, iron iron butt challenge, where instead of you know, there's a thousand miles in a day, there's twelve hundred or fifteen hundred or whatever it is. You know, Um I want to do the the forty eight, the lower forty eight, and in, in whatever amount of days that is. Uh, Cause like I and I feel like it does kind of take away from the trip sometimes when you're just like beating the shit out of yourself in the saddle. It can make that trip less fun. Um, but just something I don't I like endurance riding. Like, I'm good. I'm not the best rider out there at all. But like just straight pain in the saddle of like being uncomfortable and like have been in there too long. I don't know. I could take that shit like a champ. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Like I, I have a tendency to, you know, I don't slow down i don't stop off in the the random spots and it's you assholes that got me thinking about doing more of that i'm used (laughs) to just mashing it as fast as you can or and as long as you can to the destination you need to get to um you know and and just pounding away at it i'm not used to slowing down and smelling the flowers Uh, and then you guys made it it sound really good
2: but i think what'll help you is your ability to kind of mash well if you want to stop and check out these side sites and things like that, you know that you have the ability to still get wherever you're getting in a day, even with these little side trips, because you're just going to fucking be in that saddle. You've committed yourself to be, you know, you're going to spend 18 hours, you know, on the road or whatever. And you're, you're just going to hammer it. And you're going to see these sites that you want to see and and get where you're going.
3: Yeah. Nothing, nothing feels, (laughs) there's not quite a feeling of uh, getting off your bike after those long hours. And you know, that many hundreds of hundreds of miles or, you know, a thousand miles and, Getting off your bike and can't feel your body anymore except and for you, pain. You feel your you feel the blood
0: start to <laughs> circulate back through your feet and it hurts.
3: <laughs> it's almost like uh, you know, when you get off when you get off a boat and you still feel like the the like you're on the water and you're still going up and <laughs> down. It's <laughs> kind of like that, except for your whole body feels like you're still vibrating and you still feel like it fucking hurts. <laughs>
1: Especially if you're on an older bike.
3: Oh yeah. yeah i can't imagine doing that on your your chopper man that thing is that a is it rigid frame yep god damn
2: what's the uh what's the most amount of miles you put on the rigid it's more hours
1: because you know i i can ride six seven hours on it but then i don't want to go the next day
2: (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, that's what's crazy to me. Like, like one, one podcast that I would love to be able to do. And I don't know if everybody else would be interested in is like, like talking about like, like legit books, um, like, you know, motorcycle, like club related books and things like that. And, and there's some good ones out there that are non-informant or non-cop related. But one that I really love is, um, uh, I think mean, it's like motorcycle, uh, tales of a motorcycle outlaw or something like that from john hall who was an early president um of the pagans motorcycle club in the in the mid 60s mid to late 60s and i mean whatever you think of the club that he was involved in whatever your thoughts are on that like to hear him talk about being like a one percenter in in the 60s and riding around on these choppers like drifters talking about um it's just, to me, it's always just like, I don't know, like I'm in awe of somebody being able to, to do that. And, and these rides that these guys would take that had to, you know, for, for them had to feel like days just to go 500 miles.
0: Good.
2: I, I can't tell you,
1: whatever, I'm riding that chopper, old trick bag is what I named it. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a David Mann painting. It's, it's, it's not like any other bike. You know, and I've ridden a lot of different kinds of bikes, but but when you're riding that, man, you are 100% right there. Your ass is definitely right there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's, you, it's just a imagine, different feeling. Can you imagine back in the day, you know, those guys riding those choppers and, you know, feeling, feeling every bump in the road, getting to your destination, partying like savages, and getting up the next day all hungover and going back
0: to wherever you got to get. Mm. Jesus. All That's that why way. they
1: were all young guys. Look yeah. at them. Look at those pictures. They were all young guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they walk like they don't have knees now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you see I that mean, one guy bent over? He can't stand up straight all the way, and he fucking, he waddles everywhere. It's because he did all that shit back then. Fucking wore his body out when he, by the time he was 30. You know, and that Dude, was still he, the world was in black and white. And,
2: you know, if like, anybody reads that book, like, he talks about, like, being, being club presidents and, and things like that at, you know, 20, 22 years old, 21 years old. I mean, you know, a lot of guys now aren't getting into the, into the scene until they're in their late 20s, early 30s. I mean, there's obviously still young guys getting into it. But more and more, I would say the average age is probably that early 30-year-old, mid-30-year-old, uh, late 20s. Well, at I bet that it's t- older. If you're just going average age, I bet you're in the 40s easy.
1: You think? Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah.
3: yeah i don't know i mean i think drifter's right it might be a little bit older look how many cats we have coming in the inbox who it's it's an older dude and he's like yeah i just prospected or i just you know or i am prospecting and you're like you know oh shit you know the, the guy's you know in his early 40s or mid 40s it's like what's it like to prospect and collect a 401k yeah, and you know what that's a thing too that's a whole different beast you know prospecting at a you know, as a youngster, you know, versus prospecting, you know, later in your life, God damn, that's gotta be, gotta be tough. You gotta hope that the, the clubs take that into consideration. Jesus.
0: I, mean, I, I think, I think that's a thing. I think that actually happens. Um, just cause I, I witnessed a man, um, in San Diego who was quite a bit older than the club he was prospecting for. And, uh, I mean, every time I saw him, he was fucking, he had a giant smile on his face and, I kind of, I kind of asked about that. Like, you, you good, man? Like, are you okay upstairs? You seem kind of nuts trying to fucking prospect, especially for that club at your age, man. He's like, oh, dude. He's like, they, you know, I, I get challenged in other ways. You know, where they make these kids stay up all night and all day and do this and do that. Like, they, they challenge me in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool, you know. And I think that's how they. That's you know, kind of bringing this back around to the subject is that's how they. They build that brotherhood with them. Be like, hey, I know you can't fucking deadlift 900 pounds anymore because you're 87. But hey, like solve this or, you know, like help me with my crossword puzzle. like
3: this. <laughs> Did you say salt this? Solve
0: this. Teach me how to use a
3: typewriter. Solve this. I thought you had to like, what is he out there fucking salting me? What are you doing?
0: Yes. <laughs> surprised. I'm surprised. And I didn't have a comment for that. That's that's the first.
1: Is he even still with us? Are you there?
3: Hello? Oh,
0: it says he's still here.
3: Oh, he's rubbing one out real quick. Uh, he's, uh, he's on there looking at that uh, that Instagram uh, followers. Uh, yeah. That hot chick that he said he found that's following our Instagram.
0: Yeah.
1: So to bring it back around, what's your <laughs> guys view? on? Uh, so a lot of guys say, you know, as far as calling ahead and that sort of thing, that the interstates are exempt if you're staying on the interstate you're you're good what do you guys think about that
0: i per- personally i don't think so um unless it's kind of a thing where you know like we would go up to la a lot and just because like we're so close and there's a lot of intermingling going on anyway um we never really like we would never call for we're gonna go up, up the next county or two counties up or stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But, you know, whenever we'd go to. I'm talking cross country. If if we ever go east, you know, it was always we're always making phone calls. I don't give a shit if we're fucking stopping off in dominant A's area just for gas. Like they're going to know that we're going to stop there because kind of kinda like what I what I was talking about earlier. I don't know who that that, that attendance friends with that's going to call some shit. You know, they're just trying to get in good with the club. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know, they were causing a bunch of shit, but I told them to get fucked. And like, hey, man, like, they're not going to do that in my town. So they can find me anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we always – we would always call as long as we were going east or if we were going any farther north than L.A., people know where we were going. I think if you're
3: just passing through, it's probably not too big of a deal. It's easier to – especially if you're – like, you know, what if you're going through a region you're not familiar with, you don't know. I mean, there's only got to be some – you know there's respect in, in in handling things but it's like if you're just flying through someone's area for 15 20 minutes on the highway you're not stopping at you know the bars or anything like that you're literally just passing through and not not even coming off the highway I mean I wouldn't give two shits if someone did that you know but that's also me that's just a personal opinion I mean being being realistic and thinking like god why why <laughs> why have some poor guy calling? fucking 30 40 people you know trying to make a trip you know just to say like hey i'm gonna be just literally driving through we're not stopping we're not saying hi we're not doing anything but we just want to let you know we might be on this section of highway for you know about 10 minutes
1: you'd have to have a uh, full-time operator just to answer the phones
3: yeah i think that would be insane
0: um but you know that's just me yeah i mean but you know luckily for You know, for the shit that we did, you know, there was pretty much either one or two phone calls that we would have to make, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like I'm going from, from San Diego to, to fucking Orlando where, you know, I'm crossing through a shit ton of different territories. I wouldn't do that, but you know, if I'm going to, like I said, if I'm going to stop off for gas or something like that, I'm going to be there for 20, 30 minutes, just hanging out. Like somebody's going to know I'm going to be there. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's reasonable. You know, like I said, and you said, this is if you're just on the highway, just flying through. Yeah, man, you can do what you got to do. I mean, that's what the whole, you know, the, the pass-through pin is for, right? Yeah, like, well, <laughs> although I don't it's really supposed see, I don't, to be. I, you know, and I don't really see I see it once in a great while now, but um, I don't really see it on a lot of guys anymore. At least in our, in our area, a lot of them aren't really using it.
0: Well, I was I was educated by the staff, actually, when when I first came on about it, because I knew I knew the significance of the pass through pin and the history behind it. But um, I believe it was, it was probably Drifter that educated me about this, is that you don't it's it's not really as accepted anymore because it was abused back in the day. Yeah,
1: um, there, you know, people, There's no longer trust. Yeah. You know, if you wore a pass through pin in 1961 or 62, then guys would go, OK, yeah, I get it. But by 1970, you're like, oh, I, I don't fucking trust you, dude.
3: Yeah.
1: You know what are
3: you doing here? That makes sense because only t- the only guys I've seen seen the pin on are you know some real old timers. I mean, guys that are up there in age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and those independent guys that want to pretend that they're in MCs and and wear it.
1: <laughs> I've, I've come across that. Now it's it's used more as as a way to to show that you know you know about the old ways you believe in the old ways and you want the old ways to come back that kind of stuff that's really what it's used for
0: yeah i would you know and for the listeners out there personal opinion here i'm not speaking for anybody else but me uh if you're going to do that just get one of the little ones and paint that bitch black and then hang it on your fucking vest like you don't have to get them get the big ones you know cuz hey, i is, have a big one <laughs> we're not talking about we're not talking about your attitude <laughs> <laughs> prostate okay and it dangles too your prostate dangles sometimes that's gross <laughs> when you reach a certain age yeah <laughs> when a man loves a woman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so uh andar text me that he's uh yeah he's uh he's busy he's so busy. Yeah, yeah, I know what to do. He's still on, he's still on the he's still on the line here, but it, he's he's not actually here. You know what I'm saying? Does
1: he still have that free subscription to Pornhub? Is that what's going yeah. on? <laughs> <laughs> <There it is. laughs>
0: hey, welcome back, Andar. We were just talking shit about you.
2: Um, I said, to do a quick couple of drug deals. Oh, okay, cool.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you didn't if you didn't hear us, you know, we'll, you can always find out tomorrow when I post it.
2: I don't. I don't care. Whatever you said is true.
3: Uh, Where where were those deals uh, occurring at for that ATF agent uh,
0: that's listening? Yeah. Jerry, I think his name is.
2: That's (laughs) (laughs) W-A-L.
0: I drive a 1973 Toyota pickup truck.
2: Yeah, I keep Jay Dobbins off my front yard, okay? It's fucking Walgreens.
0: (laughs) Y'all going to piss
1: Jerry off. Jerry's gonna get in his fucking van and make phone calls.
0: Yeah, Pinocchio's Pizza Man can't trust. Yeah,
2: it. I, uh, it's crazy. Like um, you know, sometimes just what we see from like Professor Blade when he shares stuff from from his you know he's a part of the motorcycle profiling project. Or you know when Tragic sends us pictures and things like that. Like uh, just the level of, of police uh, involvement in in a place like California was simply just trying to ride um you know it's something that that i you know i'm sure every city and state has but i think you know the level of i don't even know the right terminology but up your assness that Hmm. that i see in these videos is just to me like 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 being somebody for i'm from we don't have we probably have it at a tenth of 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 what you guys are experiencing it's just it's just crazy to me
3: yeah it's you know it's and unfortunately, like, you know, it's getting kind of we have the same that we kind of say we, you know, we knew what we signed up for. You know, we knew it was going to be a problem. Knew you knew you're going to get hassled by the cops and hassled by the man. Uh, at the same time, though, it's, it's also important to to document those and post them up. That's why I love that um, Professor uh, has been posting all those up on our, our late night pages for people to see it. It's, some people just don't believe that that shit happens, man. Some people think that it's like, ah, oh, if you're not doing anything wrong, then you know, then they're not going to be messing with you. It's completely not true at all. You know, I've been pulled over so many times, <laughs> harassed, asked. I don't have I don't have one jailhouse tattoo, and I've had cops ask me like, "When's the last time you're in jail? When's the last time you got a jailhouse tattoo?" I'm like, I don't know, who the fuck talks like that?
1: <laughs> what gets me is. I've seen them whenever they they pull these guys over and then they say that they have the right to make these guys take their shirts off to take pictures of them, of their tattoos and all that. How is that even remotely constitutional?
3: They, they use it. And I think it has to do with something along the way. It's a, it's a gang thing that they, they utilize. Um, I don't know the, the legalities of how they've been able to do it, but it's, they use it to chronicle any sort of gang affiliated tattoos I haven't personally had them try to do that one with me yet, but I also tell them to go fuck themselves when they try to take, have me, you know, uncover my face or take off my helmet until they changed our helmet. Well, now you have to take off your helmet, but um, you know, they'll ask if they can start, you know, they'll start to say, Hey, we're going to take pictures. And I'm like, hey, do I have to? And then they, you know, they get kind of caught in that because you know, I'll have my GoPro going or something and they're like, well, it'll make it easier. Ah, I am i don't, I'm not participating.
1: I, I can yeah. tell you, I would go to jail if – if because I, I just – I hate authority. I've always had a problem with it. It, it was rough in the, in the military. Yeah. Which and uh, if some guy <laughs> – what would you
0: say? Which is, which is which funny because you yeah. are authority. <laughs> I am now, got, damn it. But I'm the I good guy. I
2: don't know if people understand this, but you got to – on the enlisted if people understand enlisted an officer – you, you held, like, the second highest position. Like, there was only one position above you uh, as far as rank structure goes, correct? No, no. There was two. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, yeah. thought, you, I thought you retired as a, as a senior chief. But, I mean, you, you yeah, for somebody that hates authority, like Punk Rock said, you were authority. <laughs> I did. Well, you know, and, and to have some, some cop pull you
1: over and say, well, I'm going to take pictures of your back tattoos. And so take but, off your shirt. No, I'm going to jail. You'll take them then, but I'm going to jail.
0: Yeah. So, uh, real quick, Andrew. I think where you got confused is uh, he is a senior citizen who retired a chief. He's God. not a senior chief.
1: You so. know, Ken, punk rock. Uh, I know where you live.
0: That's I fine. Have yeah. Your address. I'll, I'll I have see friends.
1: You. I'll see you in a couple of months, anyway, you, motherfucker. You won't see me. That's
0: the <laughs> point. oh yeah, the fuck right. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna fucking be like, hey, bro, I got beer. And you're gonna be like, oh, friend. And then everything's gonna be forgiven because that—that's rum, by the way.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, you know what? Like you were talking about though, Drifter, on that. Like, you know, a lot of people. You know, the, the average dude is like, whatever. You get pulled over, they check your insurance, whatever. Let you out of your way. If you didn't do anything wrong, you know, it goes by your day. That's not how our how our stops go, you know. And and you know, to me, like, I don't usually get too upset about it because, like I said, you know, I, I know. We'll, what I signed up for. I knew it was going to be an issue. Um, But I also didn't realize the level of it, Um, where they're going to be. I mean, do these dudes grab your fucking nuts and your dick while you're standing there saying they're patting you down? You know, they they throw all your shit all over the ground. They sit there and put you in, you know, uh, you know, different body locks, you know, and and trying to inflict pain, but, you know, acting like they're not doing anything. I had a guy, you know, and everybody knows on the, the, from most of the follower page, you know, I'm a tall guy, six foot eight, and I had this short-ass comp one time. I had to put my hands on my head, interweaved, right? And then he wants me to stand up off my bike, but he's got his hands on top of my hands on top of my head, holding me from standing up. And he goes, you need to get up off the bike. And I, go, I can't, can't stand up. Well, you're going to have to figure something out. It took me two minutes to scoot off of my bike the way he was making me contort because his buddies, who were right there next to him, both have their guns unsnapped with their hands on them. You know, and they just look for a reason to do something. So, you know, uh, it's it's frustrating and, uh, you know, uh, you don't really know that you're signing up for that, you know, necessarily.
2: So, I guess, you know, for me, I'm not, you know, I know that we've taken heat um, from other pages that shall remain nameless that, that we don't want to get into a debate of, of you know, what you know, a racial debate or whatever. And you know what? I'm not, it's not that I'm afraid to. Um, It's just that I don't feel that I am an authority on it to, to fucking tell somebody what to think. And I think that was always the problem over there was, you know, somebody felt that they were an authority to tell everybody else how to feel. And I don't, I don't feel that way. So I don't, I don't know that anybody needs to fucking hear my opinion on race, but it is very much, in the fucking news right now and, and will, you know, I guess for, for us as a round table, is this going to have any impact on policing for motorcyclists? Is that, is this not the right time to 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 bring that up or, or consider that is this, you know, when we talk about defunding or, or, you know, police oversight and civilian review boards outside auditors and all this other stuff, um how they conduct profile stops of of patch holders of the motorcycle community is this the time that 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 can change or or is that something that you know nobody's going to give a shit about because we're bikers and we signed up for this i mean what are you guys
3: is i I think so i i think that this is the uh, perfect time like you know without like you said getting political because and that's why i haven't brought it up like i mentioned the other day there was a lot of things going on that i wanted to address i wanted to write about and some of it was you know the Black Lives Matter protests um, and stuff like that. To me, it doesn't matter what the engine is to force change on how uh, police interact with me. If it's under the guise of you know them stamping out racism, um, and that's the engine that that forces change on how me and my brothers are treated when we interact with police, that's fine. That's cool because you have my support. Then also, um, the fact of the matter is is that whether it's whatever the passionate issue is that, that's going to drive the change, we all benefit from law enforcement getting told to sit back and, and demilitarize them and having them be so, you know, uh, eager and able to violate rights without consequences for anybody, bikers included, black people, whatever demographic you want to talk about, um, you know, it, it's, it's an awful feeling to have these guys be able to you know, like I said with the, the thing with the cops unsnapping their guns, I've had, you know, multiple times officers, you know, unsheath their weapon. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, fuck, is this it? Like, it, it, just knowing the idea that you can move wrong or forget or something, like, what do I fucking sneeze? You know what I mean? Like, and just thinking, like, these guys are so, you know, high strung. And I get it. You have a six foot eight, you know, Mongol standing in front of you and you're, you're concerned about your health or whatever. You think I'm going to do something. Hey, man. I'm just trying to make it home to my wife. You know what I mean? I, I'm just trying to make it home to my brothers. And so I think that whatever factor it is, whatever plays in, I hope that it benefits everybody.
2: I think that's one of the things that that for me, you know, like I said, um you know, they say that silence means that you're, you know, you you're cons you know, you're consenting to this fucking police overreach in the in the to the black community or whatever. Um I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Like I said, I just don't feel that I'm an authority to, to give my fucking opinion on on anything. That so why why should I say anything? Um, if somebody wants to say, well, silence is complacency or whatever, you know, fine, you can judge me later. But one of the things that's I don't I don't know if anger is the right word or what, but you know, like Tragic talked about, like contorting his body to get off his motorcycle. you know, kind of lost in the shuffle as you look at somebody like you know, Daniel Shaver, who was in the, 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 hotel hallway who literally had to play fucking, um, twister before, and the cops still shot him. And, and that kind of gets, you know, lost, um, to, to one singular demographic or person. I think, you know, police oversight or overreach, um, is universal. Um, no knock warrants, civil asset forfeiture, um, you know, um, uh, um, what's the, uh, the no life, no liability one. Um, the uh, immunity, Immun- you know, not being able to be sued, uh, all these things, um, they're just like Tragic said, it needs to, you know, if this is the right time to, to evaluate those and get rid of them, then I'm for that. Yeah. I think the problem is the, the training that they receive. So cops
1: nowadays are taught that it's us against them. Mm-hmm. And, and they really view themselves as a military force. And, and you cannot do that uh it's two completely different worlds two completely different goals so if you are already thinking that it's us versus them and that you're in a war zone you're going to act like it and that's exactly what they were doing the tragic
3: you know and the question is too is you know I've, you guys are all uh all served um a lot of my personal friends have served a lot of my brothers have served and i've asked this question too before is you know uh, like rules of engagement for the military how are you going to hold uh, a military you know someone in, in war to a higher
0: standard than you are to your own domestic force you know yeah and that's the that's the shitty thing man it's that it doesn't matter how afraid for your life you are in the military if you know combined with the deadly force triangles if with the ROEs of your area, um, if every box is not checked off, you're automatically in the wrong. And I really hope you didn't fucking kill somebody in that situation. Um, Cause it's only going to make things 10 times worse. But as, as far as the police go, all they have to do is throw their hands up. And say, oh, I was afraid for my life. And it's just That's like where immunity comes hey, in and fuck off. And then they it's it's disgusting, and I think this is actually a really good topic um, that we could go over uh, next week. Maybe not next week. Um. Maybe get a, a professor on again because
3: he's he's really the expert at it. Uh, you know, because uh, man, <laughs> poor, poor guy, talk about the double whammy. You know, he's. Uh, he gets fucked with just so much. It seems like by um, San Diego PD, and man, I love when he when he shows little stories of of giving it back to them, and you know, and winning against them, and you know, yeah. I and he's he's very involved in that. Um,
2: he's he's got a couple of people um, that he partnered, works with, or, or you know, is on these different coalitions with um, from other clubs. And I think if we could get those guys too, or one of them um you know i think that would be a great show for people we've done the motorcycle profiling project but there's so many people in different clubs and different you know different avenues um doing stuff involved around this i think getting different perspectives um combined with professor because he's on four for the road he's our friend um and he's a great kind of wealth of knowledge uh would be all would be an awesome show like punk rock said
1: yeah it's you guys just want to hear his soothing voice again come
2: on
0: man. man.
2: I'm just trying to get Tragic Brothers without name dropping. That's all I'm trying to do.
0: So, so hey, so speaking of uh, you know, shows coming up, um, pretty soon we're gonna have uh, Trash One Percent on, uh, from from the northern Midwest kind of area. Uh, we're gonna have uh, Galen and Lance come on from Tulane Life. So uh, I like
2: that it's it's different and people are like what the fuck is that uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're ready for us um but anyway so lance lance cory uh senior his son is a is a uh x games gold medalist um so he's got a motocross background he's got a racing background all kinds but he's an x games gold medalist and then he started and and owns and runs uh thrash and supply But if we're not getting a son. We're not cool enough for a son. (laughs) His dad, Lance Corey Sr., and his friend Galen, um, they have a YouTube channel, Instagram, Two Lane Life, where these guys, they go around on their bikes. They they, they show you, obviously, you know, they've got kind of that in with thrash and supply. They show you different stuff that they're doing, tips, tricks, um, tech videos, and things like that. And then they go out and they do those rides that we want to do, you know, they're out in Utah, they're out in Mexican hat they're out at arches, you know, they're, they're going through the grand Canyon, they're going through, um, you know, death Valley and things like that. Uh, they, and I think they would have a great time bullshitting with uh, tragic and, and punk rock uh, about that West coast kind of writing. Uh, when
0: different. when I was on the phone with them yesterday, I think the cool thing is, cause I was under the impression that these guys uh, were kind of set Uh, When it comes to their finances, like they were, I mean, they don't look to me. They didn't look old enough to be retired. So I wasn't assuming that. But like, I just figured like they had, they just had it. So they didn't really need to be at work. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But no, these guys, the the impressive part is that these guys go bang out, you know, thousand mile rides, you know, round trip in a day. And they still work nine to five, Monday through Friday. You know, they just, they just get on their bikes Friday evening and say, hey, we want to go over here. You know, we're going to go to the southeastern side of Arizona and, you know, we're going to go have lunch. <laughs> you know, So and, that's what we're, and, saying.
3: we're going to get thrashing sponsorship and start getting thrashing exhaust and stuff for our bikes. Right? <laughs> that would be pretty thrashing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know well,
2: all the other all shit that we talk in podcasts and we post about how we would never take, you know, readership or listenership money, but if a big company came along. Like acting. I wanted to fucking sponsor I'd take that all day. I'll take your sponsorship all day. I love your products. They're amazing. Gloves are the best. Top notch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now four
1: foot the road, sponsored by Tampax.
3: <laughs> I don't need free tampons. <laughs>
2: hey, hey, when I was in when I was in Walgreens, did uh Ken switch up his shirt again?
3: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah several yeah, times. I did. I, several I times. Did.
0: <laughs> he was he was uh, not impressed. <laughs> so, so I yeah, do, yeah. You guys, do you guys have any parting words for our listeners?
2: Yeah, fucking keep tuning in, subscribe, share this shit. Um I think you know every podcast gets a little bit better. Um we probably will never be able to capture the magic we did with No Shame again because you know I wasn't there.
3: Um <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean the only parting words would be uh yeah, fuck the police.
0: There we go. <laughs> all right oh and and by jerry our uh our assigned atf agent yeah
2: you know i think, I think the reason that we got um the guys from tulane and thrashing was that uh he's actually going on vacation so they just needed something less controversial <laughs>
0: <laughs> right on you no know, that or he's just trying to make friends for his round round country trip like oh yeah we were on the same show together come on over and hang out but uh Hey, I do want to give one little quick shout out to Jace Hudson from uh, the Fast Life Garage and the Fast Life podcast, because he was the one to actually vouched vouch for us to get the two lane guys on. So
2: wait, 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 what? We had vouched yeah. we got vouched for?
0: <laughs> yeah, we got vouched for.
2: Holy shit. Is this shit. An offer? is this an off-air or on air story?
0: Um I mean, it's not really that interesting. They they just said, hey, like we we noticed you did a you did a show with them. What's up? And he's like, "Hey, man! Like they're they're cool dudes. They check out. They're good people." Um, so I, apparently he doesn't remember me because he wouldn't have said that if he remembers me. <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, thanks, Jace, for that. And uh, you know, you we're know I, didn't,
2: I didn't want to admit this, but I do donate um, to his Patreon. So now I feel like I've just gotten my I've gotten my twelve bucks back.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, you just reminded me about something. I got a birthday present for you coming. Dave. So hey, Aww. thanks for listening to Four for the Road, everybody. Fuck you, Jerry. Tragic says fuck the police, and I'm with him on that. Uh, like we just been bullshitting about for the last 15 fucking minutes. We got a pretty sick lineup coming for you. And uh, yeah, you're gonna get it when you fucking get it. Quit hitting the inbox asking when you're when we're gonna get our shit together because that's never gonna happen. We're never gonna be consistent as much as we try. Um, yeah, fuck the police. Bye, Jerry.